This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Our place of work is a place where many of us forge lifelong friendships. Most of these relationships are with people we like or, at the very least, with like-minded people who share the same values and interests. Often, there's an overlap between both groups of people because people tend to like others who are like them. And yet, there's a whole group of people at work that we never get to know with whom we have hardly exchanged a dozen words. The reason is probably because we prefer to stick within the boundaries of the familiar and just hang out with the people we know and interact with on a regular basis in the office. And thus, we miss out on the opportunity to get to know a whole other segment of people at work. So why is this important? What value is there in stepping out of our comfort zone to interact with people outside a milieu? It's the last Monday of the month, yes, and we have Sheila Singham back with us to discuss how and why we should work to build more healthy, productive relationships with a variety of people, both at work and in our personal lives. As usual, we'll be doing this through real-life case studies. Welcome back, Sheila. Thank you, Frida. Good to see you again. It's been a while. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll go through with our case study and, and as usual, I'm sure it's stories we've heard, right? Uh, so this is the case study number one. I was promoted to a managerial position at the beginning of the year. I was recently told by my boss that I'm too introverted and that I should sh- socialize more with my subordinates. I'm not sure I agree with him that I'm introverted. I know how to have fun with my friends outside work. I'm not concerned that I've fallen short of his expectations, but I'm also annoyed because I feel that he's infringing on my personal rights by telling me that I should hang out with my subordinates. I ask myself, why should I? Do you think my boss is right? Um, yes, in a way I feel he's right. If you're at a managerial position, you've got to manage a team of people. People are individuals and they've got so many different patterns of thinking, operating value systems, communication styles and opinions and maps of the world and so on. So how do you get to know people? How do you get to know people if you don't interact with them? If you're going to be an introvert, that's fine. I'm not, I mean, I think introverts are great. And I think as I grow older, I'm becoming more introverted myself, you know. So there's, there's something to be said for being, having downtime and being on your own and things like that. But the reality of it is no man's an island. We, we can't survive on our own, especially in a working environment. We need to really be um, knowing our people. As a manager, you, you, can't, just, um, you can't just lead and manage out of uh, your, the positional authority. Mm. Okay? Mm. Because um, if you just were to rely on that, then you are kind of, in a way, expecting people to just toe the line. But as a manager, you want to be more than a manager. You want to be a leader. And leaders influence. And leaders influence by the um, contact, the connectivity they have mm. with their people. People got to know you in order to want to be influenced by you. They've mm. got to know you, your personality. They've got to feel connected with you. They've got to be in rapport with you. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to go out. Mm. Now, I just did a whole um, sort of approach, focus group sessions with, with the company. And what they f- what was told was that um, people actually liked the job. They were you know, happy, reasonably with remuneration and all that. But what they felt was disconnected from their managers, mm. right? Mm. They felt disconnected. And they said that managers sometimes walk past them on the floor without uh, eye contact, not even a greeting. Sometimes they step into the lift and managers don't bother to say good morning and things. And it hurt them. Mm. It, it hurts people when they're right. not acknowledged. Yeah. You know, they, they, take it, they take it as a sign of you don't see me. Mm. So uh, what they said was that they felt that. And uh, the, the senior management team listened to this and they said, 
okay, so now it's up to us that we need to do something to connect with the people. So they started doing all kinds of activities to connect with the people and and morale increased substantially. And one of the things they said also amongst themselves is that what what the people noticed what was that amongst the senior management team itself there was a disconnect. Hmm. They but they were kind of not they didn't have camaraderie with each other, they didn't have rapport with each other. And so people noticed that and would play one against the other. So they noticed it and said, you know what? We need to do more social things together. Yeah, we have meetings, hmm. board meetings, uh, senior management meetings and all that. Right? And we have our getaways which are related to work. But we need to do more of this like, you know, Friday evening, go and have drinks. Hmm. And you know, in in this country, you know, you you can be a Muslim, you don't have to drink. You can yeah. just go and sit down and mm. have a, a non-alcoholic mm. beverage, a cocktail, te tare, mm. you know. And maybe once in every few months, somebody hosts a dinner at their home. So it builds. There's nothing like eating together, chilling together to really build bonds. Mm. So I think for for you, um, you know, this person who's brought up this problem, I think that you need to interact with people. Maybe right. you don't like large groups. So right. That's fine. Um, maybe you can start with having like one-to-one lunches or teas or things with people. Then you can increase it to two. So that, you know, the, the you have the group dynamics with two, then slowly increase it with three. You don't have to organize everything. You can get someone to mm. organize and you can just go there. As you get to go them, know them slowly, your people, you get to become more comfortable with them. Mm. Um, I think it's an observation that your boss has given you to actually enhance your leadership and management capabilities. Right. It should not be taken as a criticism. And he's not really knocking at your personality as mm. an as an introvert and anyway we shouldn't be uh, labeled or put into compartments by whatever tests that we do you know we have this online test are you introvert extrovert mm-hmm. are you motivated towards away from yeah all that's good but it's just for you to know where you stand mm. it's not telling you that's where that's where you remain i'm one person who believes that everybody can change everybody must change to adapt to the milieu in which they find themselves in order to have better rapport better relationships better influence uh, in nlp we have a saying the person with the most flexibility will always exert the most influence right so flexibility means being able to adapt yourself um it, it's not like being a lalang to sway with the mm. wind anyway it goes and not having backbone it's mm. about seeing what needs to be done and how can you adapt because if you're a manager you need to build that team pull them together into a cohesive team and the only way you can do that is if you Hang out with them, right. chill with them, and get to know them. Right, you know, think adaptability. Think of the cockroach. Right? Oh gosh, yeah. Well, really, I I don't know about whether I want to be in that same category, but, uh, but yeah, I rather think of the coconut tree, Frida. Ah, they uh, sort of sway, sway. It bends like, almost ninety degrees and produces in a storm. good fruit. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, but you see, the thing is also right. There's. Um, the, the introverted is not a bad word. No. Okay. So it's it's and also when when I look at this, right, I look at just just the team that I'm working with, the twenties, the thirties, and forties, and our conversations are very different, right? Similar and yet different. Yeah. And then I've got my almost seventeen year old son, another one way conversation. But the thing is, like, just to understand how people think, um, and you meet with different people, and you know, like, I guess in this case, it could be just they tirade with one yeah. the staff at the same time, and you and in and your job is to to listen, I yeah. guess. Yes. And your the higher purpose is to make the team efe- efficient. So in a way, sometimes it's get over yourself, 
right? In a way, get over yourself. Yeah. You're here for a bigger purpose, and it's just to understand what the team Correct. needs, right? So it's not about you talking and revealing all mm. about your life. You don't want to just right. listen to them talk. Get to know them, their interests, where they want to go, and they feel listened to. They feel valued. Mm. You know, so even if you're sort of a quiet sort of fellow, you don't want to go out with them and do rah rah wild things like stand on tables and dance and all that. It's okay. You can do like understated stuff and still get to know your people, right? You know. Okay, so if you've got any questions, you can also WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. We'll continue with more case studies after this. Uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation, BFM 89.9. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Good morning, Frida Liu here. I'm uh, speaking to Sheila Singham from Human Equation, talking about how we could build uh, more healthy and productive relationships with a variety of people, both at work, uh, basically lifelong friendships and meaningful relationships. So we're going through case studies. Uh, we went through one earlier on. If you have a question as well, you can also WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 and we will, I'm sure Sheila will be able to address it. Uh, second case study here is my company has many conservative people. I'm a friendly sort, but I'm afraid to get to to know people outside my department because I do not want it to be misconstrued in any way, especially if they are the opposite sex. How can I be friendly without being misunderstood? <laughs> okay, um, being friendly doesn't mean that you're coming on to someone really. People can be conservative, but perhaps if you want to circumvent that is to kind of approach and be friendly with people, but make sure you're in the presence of others, mm. others of the same sex, you know, so um, there are people there who, in case anyone misconstrues anything, um, will be able to justify that mm. you weren't. So if your company is very conservative, um, I know everyone has the right to, to dress how they want and behave how they want, but as I was talk, said earlier in, in, in the show, that you need to adapt as well to, mm. to people. It's When you can adapt to people's value system, you go a long way in building rapport because rapport fundamentally is about shared values. You know, you don't have to adopt those values and embrace them for the rest of your life. It's just that for that pu uh, purpose, you respect the other people's mm. values. So if someone is terrified of being approached by you <laughs> because, you know, you're of the opposite sex, then don't laugh. Mm. You know what I mean? Don't just go and invade their personal space like that. But you can start by being friendly mm. at meetings. Hello, good morning, a yeah, smile. a good morning, a, a pleasant smile. But be very business-like about mm. it. You know, no lingering looks and, you know, <laughs> casting like, say, a once-over at someone when you're in the lift because that makes people feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, Especially you're if you're a male. <laughs> ah, if you're a male and looking at a female and if they're very conservative, then... Um, don't go and say, wow, you look beautiful today. Okay. You could, of course, say something like, um, that's a really nice, uh, you, you're very colour coordinated today. That's excellent. Okay. Something that sort of, you know, is on the professional side of things. Mm. Um, but I don't think that conservatism should be um, a, a criteria for mm. whether you make friends or not. I have a very good friend. Her name is Rehana. And um, she has been on the show before, mm. years mm. ago. Rahana is veiled. Mm. Okay, she, she's, she's mm. veiled. She wears a juba and, 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 and she's veiled. And she is amazingly friendly woman. Mm. She talks to people of the opposite sex. I mean, she, mm. she's foreign, but, mm. uh, you know, she has no qualms about talking to people. And, of course, after the initial reaction of, oh, she speaks, you know, mm. people are very friendly with her because she's a very intelligent woman. Mm. I guess it's not... It's not just what you say, it's also how you say it that 
um, makes people comfortable. Mm. Right. So yeah, can, by all means, and we can always start the conversation with oh, terrible haze. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's you know, I, mean, I guess conversation starters and things like that. Right. That's right. Just something that affects is that is affecting us all. Very generic mm. topics that you can start What's talking that? about weather, sports. <laughs> yeah, weather, sports. You know, the haze is wonderful. I mean, in a way, you know, it's been a bane to us, but it's been a boon in terms of conversation starters <laughs> because nobody can miss it. Everybody has an opinion. Added now. Okay, here's another case study. I've just started work at an advertising agency after graduating, and I was told by a senior person that I should be careful who I associate with at work and not to get too friendly with the certain uh, people who might influence me with their negative behaviors. They look like a lot of fun, though. Should I listen to this senior and miss the opportunity to get to know interesting people at work? Certainly not. Mm. <laughs> I think you should make your own opinions about people. You know, behind every behavior, behind that facade of behavior. Everybody is an individual who really wants to get on and you know um, do well and has ambitions, has feelings, has has things that cause them to project certain behaviors. If they are fun, go hang on with them, mm. hang out with them. But it doesn't mean you have to adopt all the bad behaviors, lah. Mm. And like if you go party with them, everyone's having a good time, having a couple of drinks, and then if people want to go overboard and and drink and be obnoxious, you don't have to do that. Mm. If people want to like you know take like uh, what you. Call Call them social designer mm. drugs and all that. You don't have to do that. Always right. go back and remember your value system and your upbringing. Mm. But having said that, perhaps this person has just been concerned about you. Right? Maybe they've seen other young people who came in who were impressionable, didn't have a strong value system, yeah. who kind of got carried away with that whole social scene of, of the fun people. So mm. I think you need to be thankful to this person. Thank this person and say you you thank them very much for their concern that they're looking out for you. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you have a very strong value system and you are you have the belief that you want to mix around with right. everybody and get to know everybody in your work circle mm. because then everybody has something to contribute. Right. Doesn't mean that people with bad habits um don't have mm. anything good to contribute. A bad habit is actually something that's sort of neurologically connected with, you know, it, 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 the habit and you are neurologically connected. So you just need certain um, techniques to, mm. to get rid of that. Right. But uh, alcohol addiction, drug addiction and all that, those, those are all neurologically connected habits mm. and people develop them. But it doesn't mean that someone's habits and behaviour makes them a bad person right you know so i have i have friends who have spouses who have and and friends other friends family members who have bad behaviors but they do acknowledge that inside they're they're good people mm. so you need to be very very clear on where your values lie where your boundaries lie what you want to do and not do you're going to learn a lot from the fun people but you're also going to learn a lot from the conservative boss right. lah right. you know it's just that uh, we anyway all of us are the some of our experiences, our values that, you know, we have acquired, our beliefs that we have acquired from everybody. It's over a period of time in life that we look at it and we say, ah, this belief, not productive, throw it out. Mm. This belief, very empowering, keep it or acquire it, you know. So we learn to model the people who have the good beliefs and values and all that and chuck out all the stuff that doesn't, um, doesn't, it's not relevant to us anymore. Mm. So you young man, go and mix around with people and learn. Mm. And fun people are usually very creative and you know? yeah. they, they got like less inhibitions and all that so you also can learn to to chill and all that but a conservative person has 
some substance as well. Right. You know? mm. And I guess also in this case, like, you, you know, you, you get as much as possible if you're going to be working with people, try to get along with as many people as possible Absolutely. because it's part and parcel of work. Now, whether you, I guess, decide to party with them after work or whatever, that's something else. Yeah. Right, um, and you know, to make to make the right decisions. I, I know there is the fear of groupthink or herd mentality, mm. right? So you you have to be able to understand that you, you you know you stand for what you stand for. Right? You have to be strong, mm. la, You know, mm. right? Now this is another one. I've suffered from a skin affliction for many years, and this caused me to keep to myself a lot. Recently, though, my skin problem has become much better. People don't stare at me anymore. I'm going out with my friends more, and I've gained more confidence. I like to get to know more people and have more friends, but I do not really know how to approach people. At work any tips to help me well you if you are actually maybe i'm not sure carrying the the effects of the skin problem of the past mm. and probably in the past as a young person or a child when you approach people and they looked at you and maybe recoiled you know so that has actually set the the tone for you in terms of how you approach people mm. but now you are cleared, your skin problem is gone, you have more confidence, you want to get to know more people, Hmm. then get to know more people. Hmm. Start Always say start one-on-one. If you're a shy person and you cannot handle like going to a party with a crowd of people, then get to know people one by one. Relationships that are sound are relationships that are built over a period of time one-to-one. You know, I've got friends and when I have parties, all my friends are there. Now they've got to know each other and they become friends. But those relationships were built not at parties. Those relationships were built when I needed them, they were there. They needed me, I was there. It was built by, you know, calling people on the phone. You're stuck in a traffic jam. Don't sit and cuss, you know. Just sit down and get on hands-free and call someone, a friend that you haven't spoken to. It's always delightful to receive a call from a friend Plea, no, hmm. not for a party, not to go out, not for anything, just to chit chat and say, hey, I'm, I'm touching base with you. Hmm. So start doing that. First of all, um, do it with people that maybe you might not have been in touch with. Reconnect with people who over the years have meant something to you, whom hmm. you have lost um, maybe contact with. That will build your confidence because they'll be so happy to hear from you, right? Hmm. And they'll be so happy to see that you're healed and, and that you've got this new life and new confidence and, and they'll just be there for you. And then start with your friends. Hmm. And then you you just have to, if you be honest with people, say, hey, you know, I I haven't really gone out much. I, I don't connect with people. I pretty much kept to myself because of this but now you know I've decided that I need to go out there get to know people see the world connect with them personally one-on-one invite people at work say hey what are you doing today Mm. I'm going to have lunch would you like to come and then you know at lunch have a conversation say I've been vegetarian for 20 years but I'm starting to eat meat now because my skin is healed you know so I don't know I kind of lost the taste of meat what's nice on the menu you know Mm. that can you come help me choose at lunch you know I'll take someone for tea or you know after dinner drink start with one person and then then move on to the next person Mm -hmm. so you slowly start building this sort of you know um I like to call them a constellation of friends oh. because friends to me are like the stars in my life. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, okay, so we've got a, a question from a listener. So I'm not too sure whether it's enough material for you to work on. It says, sometimes the relationship will get spoiled when it comes to company policies and SOP. How do you make a consultant bite to company policies and SOP as all people will care for their benefits first? Do you get that? I kind of see what you're saying. Mm. I I don't know how a company policy or SOP might come in the way of friendship. Mm. Some companies have a policy where they do not encourage um, 
uh, people, two people of the opposite sex from having a relationship and getting married. Um, it might seem like it's an infringement of your personal rights, but I do understand where it's come from because I've coached people in an organisation who've got involved romantically with each other and had a like really wonderfully wild affair and then mm. it you know it went south and mm. went sour and then um, they were really they hated each other couldn't stand to see each other and um, there was so much bitterness that the boss had to separate them put them in different teams right you know so when and then what gets affected work productivity performance everyone around you uh, gets affected mm. and then also you know if, if one person um, I've seen this happen so if one person like a husband um, gets demoted or goes on a performance improvement program the wife gets affected people look askance at the wife and say hey your husband are not performing la. Mm. and then you know all these kind of things so I understand why companies have things like that now I if a company has a policy where a boss cannot socialize with a subordinate go out for drinks and all that then uh, I don't know what's happening there la, because that's one way people forge relationships but having said that when this happens when you have people at different levels in the hierarchy going out and becoming really friendly um, both should actually know the boundaries at work. So I've, I've had clo- built close relationships with subordinates when I worked before. Mm. But at work, they, they know who's boss. La. Work is work. You don't conform. I'll come down on you as hard as I will with everybody else, whether you're my close friend or not. Mm. But outside, when we leave the office, you're still my friend. Mm. If you want a marajo and all that, then it's your problem. But mm. I make it very clear to people. So um, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right, Frida. I mean, I would need more information, but... Um, I hope that this has sort of, you know, answered you in a certain way. Right. Okay, Mm. I've put a comment there. Can you elaborate? So we'll see. Uh, Okay, one final case study here. Six months ago, I moved to a new company as the head of a department. There were a lot of issues with productivity and performance in the department and I've had to take a strong stand to ensure that people toe the line. I've been told that one way to break down resistance is to build rapport by spending time after hours with the team. The thing is, they do not see me as part of the team. I'm not sure if they will respond to my invitations. I'm also afraid that they may not respect the boundaries between work and play how do I handle this well they don't see you as part of the team because you've sort of come down hard on them Mm -hmm. right at the outset which I understand you have to do but I feel sometimes when you come in new into a team which is sort of fragmented by issues and problems you need to start off by talking to everyone first finding out what the issues are what are their concerns their complaints their restrictions and all that sort of thing and then get a complete picture of the situation and then sort of give have individual conversations about performance and say these are my expectations and this is what I'm expecting from you in the next three months and I'll be having these regular conversations with you but if you just come in and then you see this team of people who are like all over the place not together having issues and then you just look at your KPIs and say whatever it is I'm going to handle this it's not going to work lah. Right. because KPIs need people you know, to mm. be to be uh, kind to of fulfilled right? right and you need to work on the people first so I always say go to the people first if you want to get the results. And then from there, you're able to weed out, as you say, the the wheat from the chaff. Mm. You know, the ones who really are enthusiastic, you spend all your energy and motivating them and telling them, okay, where they can go with this if they help you fulfill the KPIs. And those who are recalcitrant and resistant, then you come down hard on them, like mm. put performance improvement program and all that, right? So having said that, it's never too late to start. 
I think you can still start having those conversations and maybe be very honest and say, look, I came in here. This is what I was told. I need to fulfill the KPIs. Perhaps I was a little premature in just, you know, thrusting things down your throat and not like to apologize. And then let's get on to a fresh new start. And then you sit down and, and do this fact finding and all that. Mm. And then maybe find new and different ways. And in the meantime, you can start, like I say, there's nothing like a good conversation over, you know, coffee or mm or mama tea or lunch or something to help people to open up. And and that's one of the things. I think sometimes Malaysian unity has been there because of all those open houses yeah. and our tendency to go makan-makan at the mama together. Right. Eating together is a great way you know, bond, of bonding. So start building the bonds with your team. But you need to tell them when you go out with them, like party and drink and all that, that, you know, work is work. Out mm. here, I have no. I'm not your boss. I am your colleague, mm. and and that's the thing we all should do when we go out for meetings and things. Don't say, "Oh, this is my, um, this is my subordinate," or "This is my assistant manager." Just say, "This is my colleague." Right. Doesn't make me. I find it so demeaning. Yeah. To- yeah. Subordinate. Or this is my sales executive. Huh? That is my administrator. No need. This is my colleague. Mm. You know, till today, I have got young colleagues working for me. I never go in and say, oh, well, you know, I'm the managing partner and founder of Human Equation. Never. <laughs> I'll just say I'm Sheila Singham from Human Equation. Uh, this is my colleague. My colleague will get in touch with you, mm. not my administrator or my executive. No need. No need mm. to use those titles. Mm. The less titles and hierarchy you have and throw out there, you need to have it for the sake of people knowing what your job is fine in your card and all that but you don't have to verbalize it and throw it out there then people get comfortable Mm. they begin to feel feel like they're part of the team and then when you call them the team my team not my people my people is like (laughs) very exy like that know what i mean the queen and her Ah, people her people (laughs) her queen and her courtiers no my my team so these are yeah i'm part of these team and they're a great bunch of people so get to know them and then go out but tell them work has to be done right Okay, yep. so talking about forging meaningful relationships at work, uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation. Uh, she'll be back at the end of next month uh, with more case studies. And if you have any questions for us, you can actually uh, send it to enterprise at bfm.my with these questions, or you can send it to Sheila herself directly, which is Sheila? Sheila at human-equation.com. All right. Uh, this has been BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.